be a dream chaser. If you've got something that you honestly are passionate about, then go do it. Don't let family, friends, anybody distract you from what it is that you want to achieve or even discourage you. Boss Uncaged is a bi-weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners as they become uncaged trailblazers, unconventional thinkers, untethered trendsetters, and unstoppable tycoons. We always hear about overnight success stories, never knowing that it took 20 years to become a reality. Our host, S.A. Grant, conducts narrative accounts through the voices and stories behind Uncaged Bosses. In each episode, guests from a wide range of backgrounds sharing diverse business insights. Learn how to release your primal success through words of wisdom from inspirational entrepreneurs and industry experts as they depict who they are, how they juggle their work life with family life, their successful habits, business expertise, tools, and tips of their trade. Release the uncaged boss beast in you. Welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome to Boss Uncaged Podcast. On today's show, we have Jahan and Antonio, the founders of United Moving Services. These guys found themselves in two different areas of expertise. Antonio essentially was a logistics manager, and Jahan was an accountant for a law firm. You combine them together, they started United Moving Services, a moving and logistics company. The big takeaway from today's show is follow your dreams, follow your passions, and believe in yourself. And a little correction, during the podcast, you'll hear me mention 12 kids, correction, 13 kids. I think the shock of the magnitude of the number of kids threw me off for a minute. So (laughs) no more spoilers. Let's jump right into today's show. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. What's going on, Chanel? Good, 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 man. So I'm trying to figure out how do we do this? This is the first time I'm doing two people at the same time. So the the interview style is going to be a little bit different. So I guess background to who you guys are. So this United Movement Services thing started off from an idea. And surprisingly enough, it was partly Antonio's idea. And the reason it was his idea is because he was working for commercial moving companies. I was actually at a law firm downtown Atlanta. I had been there for many years. And my background is accounting. So I started off doing accounting in the facilities department for the law firm. At that time, they were predominantly in the southeast. Uh, As they began to expand from the southeast and go back up north, some job opportunities opened up for me. So, you know, I kind of came up through the ranks in the law firm and eventually went from just doing solely accounting related functions to facilities related functions as well. One of the facilities related functions was the move management side of the business. So as you have it, Flood Brothers at that time was one of the big moving companies in Atlanta and they were throwing fight nights up at Wild Bills, which was a big party place. Yep. Uh, Chanel, you know, you've been up there with me plenty of times. <laughs> yeah, I so. had to stop a couple of fights up there as well, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> so in our spare time, we go up there. We go watch the MMA fights up at Wild Bills. At that time, Antonio was one of the sales reps for Flood. You know, we got a chance to meet each other. And the funny thing is, I actually met hit his sister before I met him. So. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So, so you crossed enemy lines is what he's telling me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he recruited you from Flood Brothers? or No, no, no. I was with, right, let me tell you, he gave the long, drawn out story. He gave you the corporate explanation. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the okay. real explanation. I, All right. Now, he said the idea of starting the company was mine. It's not so. Really, it was not. The idea was his. One day, like he said, he was accounting for the law firm. Uh-huh. And I sent him invoice. And he saw how much the invoice was. He said, well, how much do you make off of this? <laughs> and I said, well, I get 10%. He said, you get 10%. Then how much do the guys get paid? I told him how much the guys get paid per hour. He said, so the company making almost 80% of this money? I said, yeah. Man, let's do that. You thought about doing this for yourself? I said, you know what? I actually thought about it. And then from there on, here come us talking about starting a company. Next thing you know, Jahan... Call me one day. I'm at work, sitting in my job. I was actually liking my new job because I left the company to go work for an IT company. Okay. I was enjoying my job. I get a phone call. Man, I just quit. I said, what? <laughs> he said, I just quit Troutman. I said, oh, God, for real. So what company? Was that the law firm? Yeah. The law firm, Troutman Sanders. Okay, so you went to a fight night, essentially, <laughs> right? That's what I'm getting. You realized that there was, a, I guess, a, a hole in the market. You decided to quit your job. <laughs> You recruited. It wasn't immediately. It wasn't immediately, right? So then, <laughs> yeah, then you it, was, it was maybe a year, yeah, a year, year, year and a half. Okay. I mean, this is after me and Antonio did a lot of partying, oh, yeah. a lot of drinking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the company came from alcohol. Is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol. We realized we like the same thing: alcohol and women. So we party <laughs> and make decision over. So how the hell did you guys end up in moving? If you like alcohol and women. Well, the thing is that we, I, by me coming from the commercial side of it, doing commercial moves, and he was the facility management on that other side for corporates. He saw the invoice. He knew how much I would charge. I knew what the company made because this is what I do. I'm a business development manager. So I know what company makes. I always wanted to start my own company, but felt like, you know, never had the right timing. And then when I got with this guy, one day we were literally drunk and talking about starting a company. Um, it was my birthday. And we went, I took him to the yeah, Masters. went to the Masters. Went to the Masters. <laughs> yep. After the Masters, we come back to Atlanta drunk, stop at a script club, having fun. Let's <laughs> you know, he talked about, let's start a company. Okay. <laughs> a year later, here we go. Six hmm. years later, he gives them my nerve. But hey. <laughs> so that's a good segue. I mean, so you guys have a partnership. I mean, like, how's the company structured? Is it like an LLC, an S-Corp, C-Corp? I mean, you got an, an accountant LLC. guy, so an LLC. Why did you guys structure it that way? The LLC was just structured basically for protection, basic business protections, so that if anything ever was to happen, then you go after the business, you don't go after the person. Okay. Okay. So is partnership with someone that's your friend, is that a difficult task? Not really, because great thing about partnership with someone, your friend, you can cuss them out as needed. You know, you both get each other. As friends, you can just go to that level with each other and still go back to business. You cuss each other out one minute, then this minute you're back to like, hey, man, let's go get a beer. <laughs> so that <how> works. <laughs> so you guys are in a market space that is, is a lot of other providers out there. What makes you guys unique in this space? Well, first of all, we are actually in the relocation business. Um, the relocation business is a billion dollar business in Georgia. And we really specialize more on the commercial side as opposed to the residential side. So if 
we think about what we're doing in an annual year, you know, it breaks down to about 80-20, 80% commercial, 20% residential. Okay. And the reason that we have done it that way is because, again, Antonio came from the commercial side of things. I worked basically in the commercial side of things with the law firm. Most of the men that we employ, they have predominant backgrounds on the commercial side. So we've kept it commercial as opposed to residential. And another thing that makes us different from a lot of companies is, one, we're a very hands-on company. As two owners, you would not see another company where two owners is out on, is out on jobs. We may not stay there the whole time, but you got both owners who will show up on a job at any given time. And then we employ some of the best guys. Our, our training program that we put guys through, if you can't move a household, you can't move an office. Because truth of the matter, office is easier, but we want to make sure you're able to move a household as well. So hmm. that's one thing that's unique about our company because we... We've hands-on and the training that we put our guys through. Then, two, the personalities. We are some of the most laid-back, fun-loving owners you'll ever have. When our guys enjoy working for us. You know how most people see their boss come on a job that, oh, God, the boss here. Mm-hmm. No, they ask a little for us. Oh, Antonio, hey, John. Because we're going to have fun. We crack jokes. Uh, the clients love us. They get entertainment. <laughs> they get a lot of entertainment because our guys are comical, and we have a lot of fun. On we tell people if you're not having fun, you're gonna get tired and tear up somebody's stuff. But True. No, we, we have a good time, and you know our guys literally enjoy coming to work. Okay, so you guys said you're about six business six years in, right? Mm-hmm. What would you have done differently to kind of speed up the process to get to where you guys are a little bit faster? If you could do it all over again, time management. Okay. Time management. Managing times on... It took us some years for me to realize I don't need to go to, like I said, we're on every job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of me going to every job, I should have been building more business. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. But wouldn't you lose some value? Because you're saying your value add currently right now is that you guys are hands-on and the client has access to you. No, not saying not ever go, go on yeah. a job, but not spend as much time. Because there's times I have scheduled a job for 10 hours and I'll be out there 10 hours. No. I shouldn't have been out in 10 hours, especially with both of us there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're having the two. It's like both of y'all got on the same airplane at the same time. It's like, yeah. uh, it's not a good look. Do you believe in the same thing he's saying? Yeah, I think that we definitely could have spent a little bit more time on the building side um, as opposed to the operational side. You know, I think when we first began, we both kind of was on both planes, like trying to do sales, trying to do operations, you know, then eventually we just split it out and said, Hey, you know, I'm going to do operations. You do sales. I mean, and, and it made sense because that's the backgrounds that we came from. And that's just my opinion. What I think we should have just did a little earlier. So both of you guys are coming essentially from corporate backgrounds. Are you guys planning on scaling into that magnitude of a business currently right now that you have? Are you planning on stepping into that space? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, do you guys have like a plan on action on how to execute that? We're working on that this year because we started to revitalize the company uh, mm-hmm. for going into 2020. So we sit down just coming up with game plans because we want to expand outside of Atlanta. We want to start attacking other markets. Like right now, we already starting to set up stuff in Tennessee, already doing work in, in Florida. We try to cover the whole southern region first and then expand on out. Okay. Part of it, too, was we actually changed our name from United Movement Systems to United Movement Services. What we realized is that we do a lot more than just move. Mm -hmm. So we want to focus on the 
cubicle installation, the offsite storage, um, you know, other facets of the moving industry and just kind of recognize those other services that we offer. The other part of it was a rebrand and the logo. You know, when we started off, we were a small business, but we were competing with not only national, but multinational moving companies that have offices in Atlanta. And, you know, again, because of the fact that we had men that had been in the industry for so long, we were still able to compete in that space. But after being in business for uh, about five years, we realized, hey, if we want to take this to another level, then we have to look like our competitors from a degree, from a professionalism got perspective. It, got it. And yeah, I mean, I've worked with you guys on, on the brand development on that, so I, I definitely could add on to that. I mean, the original logo that you guys had was essentially well, dated. Like yeah, it, it was It was a, a dated brand, but it, the, I guess for our viewers, you have to understand, like, your brand equity is something that, that's just as important as your value system. So the logo that you guys currently have right now is more of a evergreen logo, which means that it's more of a timeless thing. You know, it'll last way longer than, like you said, the Pac-Man logo. <laughs> I guess another good question is, do you, either one of you guys come from an entrepreneurial background? Well, I actually used to own a, a construction company back in the day, many, many years ago, before I got married, my first marriage. Did he say first marriage? Yes, first marriage, yeah. That's another thing. That's why we connected, because we both were divorced. We both got divorced. We were divorced. <laughs> yeah, we both were divorced. We both were divorced, and we were like, man, we are in a divorce club. Like, we just a whole bunch of friends oh, who were divorced, man. started hanging out together. So, But before I got married, before my first marriage, I had a little construction company where I had Bobcats, dump trucks, you know, where I just did, you know, the small stuff. Um, got married and let it go because I feel like let people talk me into having a nine to five uh-huh. versus building what I had. But also it was during the time where the housing market was going down uh-huh. and the contract was choice homes and uh, KB homes and all these uh-huh. different people. When the market went down, I had no more contracts. So uh-huh. I had dump trucks, I had bobcats. That wasn't working. But I'm talking about even before that. I mean, a lot of times entrepreneurs, you either be born into it or you could grow into it. So, you know, were your parents, did you have an uncle that used to come in the barbershop selling CDs? I mean, what is your real core background? How did you even get into the space of wanting to be an entrepreneur? Well, my parents, actually, they own a couple of businesses uh, out in L.A. My stepdad, actually, he the one motivated me to not want to work for nobody ever again. Because <laughs> you know? to watch his lifestyle and the way they live. Compared to, like, he get up when he want to. Even though he still get up early, but it's not because he have to clock in for somebody. It's because, hey, he want to handle his own business. Um, okay. So that motivated me. Then, too, I just don't like, I don't like people telling me when to come and when to go. <laughs> I like to set my own schedule. You know, huh. I like to be able to say I wanted to set myself to where I leave a legacy for my children. Children. Got it. You know? Got it. So That makes sense. And, John, I mean, I know your family on, on a personal level across the board, so... Did you think you got any aspect of, like, I mean, I know your mom, she's a hustler all day. Did you get that entrepreneurial edge from her? Or, or well, I actually got it from my grandparents. Okay. Uh, my grandparents had a limousine business in New Jersey. So all my life growing up, you know, I lived with my grandparents, and that's what I saw is them working for themselves. And then on the flip side, like, once I became a young adult, even though I went to work at the law firm, I always had a side business of my own. Um, hmm. I was in the real estate space for a while as an investor. So 
at the height of it, I had nine properties. So, you know, in my own property management company, and I kind of got caught up in that whole housing downturn as well. So as the housing market kind of busted, then I stopped doing the real estate side of things. Got it. So it seems like you guys have like similar backgrounds and it was like you guys were destined to cross paths sooner or later. So, I mean, what's your morning habits? I mean, some entrepreneurs, they wake up and they grind coffee. Some of them do yoga. Some of them do meditation. What kind of routines do you guys have? Well, one of my routines now, and I get up and I have to have me a cup of coffee Hmm. (laughs) right away. (laughs) After I brush my teeth, I have to go straight downstairs to fix me a cup of coffee. So are you on a caffeine buzz right Uh, now? Yes, I I had two (laughs) cups before I got here. So, yeah, it's on real hype right now. (laughs) But that's one of my routines. I get up, get my coffee, turn on the news, see what's going on in the city at the time, and then I turn on my laptop. Okay, okay. And you, John? My morning routine is very simple and very straightforward and has probably been the same way for years and years and years. You know, wake up in the morning about 5.30, 6 o'clock, turn the news on, find out what's going locally around 7 o'clock, turn on Good Morning America or CNN, find out what's going on on a national level, then get on the computer. You get on a computer and you're looking at television. Do you guys use any of that information that you're going to absorb throughout your day? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of times we'll see something on the news and we say, I called him, yo, dude, you see this headquarters coming here? We need to find out. We need to try to get Mm. into that. So like Amazon, we're still trying to get into Amazon, big headquarters Mm. coming here. Like different things that you hear on the news. You know, that's how a lot of movies come in. That's why you see a lot of big corporations. They don't have to call no one because they got people like us. They're going to call them. Got it. So it's all about the first person to get in and shake their hands, kiss their babies. So you guys are using the media as your market research, essentially. Yes. Huh. So that's an interesting method. I mean, it's pretty cool because, I mean, obviously you get to see, like you're saying, Amazon's coming. But do you guys have any systems in place that can get you before that happens? You know, could you possibly find out somebody in the company through email and stay in contact with them? Then they'll let you know that something's coming up before it actually gets broadcast on the news. We do have a lead source that provides us leads and everything and let us know what's going on. Then on top of that, we do a lot of networking. Okay. Where you may be a vendor, you may be a coffee vendor. Mm -hmm. But by you being a coffee vendor, you know when they're moving because they already told you I need to transfer my services mm-hmm. to here. So that coffee vendor would turn around and say, hey, Antonio, you need to call SYZ. They're moving because they already put an order in with us hmm. So do you guys have like a, a referral system affiliate? Because, I mean, obviously, if you got a coffee vendor that's giving you the ins- they're kind of like inside trading, right? Hey, F- on the down low, FYI, <laughs> do they get kickback? No, we do referrals, but also we do the same thing because they don't know everything and we, right. we don't know gotcha. everything. So it's back and forth because we have clients that we big clients that we turn other companies on, like one Lexus Nessus. We do a ton of work for them. And when they have stuff going on, the director there knows me. He'll tell me before he tell anybody else. Hmm. And then I would connect him with other people. Try to, that's one thing we try to offer. That's another thing that's makes us a little different from other companies. Once we have developed a relationship with each other, I try to do a one-call stop. So if you say, Antonio, hey, I'm moving. Man, I need to get somebody to lay some carpet. I know somebody. Hey, man, I need a coffee vendor. I know somebody. Because I don't want you to call another mover and they do the same thing. <laughs> you know? So uh-huh. I already connect you with my people and my people keep you loyal to me as well. So, Got it. Got it. Hey, guys, let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsor. Support for Boss Uncaged and the following message comes from Boutique. Boutique inspirational apparel and more. Break through and conquer your next meeting. Walk in and spotlight your success with inspirational business apparel, accessories, and more. 
Visit B-U-T-E-K-E dot com today and order products that represent your success. Back to the show. That essentially covers like the morning side of things. So like, how do you guys end your day? Like, how do you wind down before you actually crash? What time do you guys usually go to bed? Do you have like evening routines? I'll be honest with you, man. I'm over 40 now. I go to bed early. I mean, I mean, what's early? You talking about like six thirty early or eight thirty nine o'clock? I'm in the bed like good night. I tell my fiance, I'm hey, I'm good. I'm going to bed. Good night. And she laugh at me like I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, don't judge me. I like to get my sleep because I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. So yeah, got it earlier. Got it. Well, you I don't sleep much, but I don't have a nighttime routine. I just kind of just wind down. You know, maybe put some sports on. Just. Do something to kind of just ease my mind before it's time to go to bed. Just something that's, you know, like a leisure activity. Like I said, man, just to put my mind at ease and get ready to go to sleep. And I probably go to bed maybe 11 o'clock every night and back up 5, 5.30 in the morning. Been that way for just years, 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 years. So I just keep it simple. I mean, keep the routine, right? Stick to the routine. Not me. I go to bed early. <laughs> you gotta understand, and, I, and honestly, like I tell, I tell anybody, we why I go to bed so early because it's times by us being in the commercial moving industry, we do moves at night. You can't move someone on a corporate office during the day. They have True. to move out to five. So it's times we're working from five until one, two o'clock in the morning, and uh, if not later. And then on top of that, so if, when I have nights like that. I want to be repaired, so I get my sleep when I don't have mates. <laughs> so hey, fair enough, fair enough. So where do you guys see your company in twenty years? Super Bowl commercial. That's where I see us in twenty years. Have so have so big of a company, we'll be able to afford a Super Bowl commercial. That's high. Do you concur with that? I can concur with that, man. Because honestly, you know, we've got some strategic business units that we want to mm-hmm. kind of grow from the moving business. Use the moving business basically as a means to build a bigger corporation. So we have a corporate umbrella. And then that way, you know, once we got that corporate umbrella, hey, if we want to spend that money on the Super Bowl commercial, then we go do it. Yep. Yep. I mean, what's the average per second on Super Bowl commercials right now? Like a million? Yeah. 30 second commercials, $5 million. Okay. Okay. So ideally, you guys kind of want to do it like uh, what GoDaddy did back in the day, just kind of come out of nowhere and put this commercial on there. And then overnight, well, it took longer than overnight, right? Yeah, but huh, that's definitely interesting. So where do you see yourself as an individual in 20 years? Married and retired. <laughs> in 20 years, I want my son to be taking over, stepping him into my shoes and say, hey, you take it from here. Well, I travel because in 20 years, I'd be 60. I don't want to be behind the desk shaking hand kiss. I want my son to be at that place to be able to step in and and I step away. So that leads me into well, how do you juggle your work life hustle? I mean, between the work life and family life, what is that like for you? Well, everybody knows, you know, that we own our own business. So, I mean, there's times where business may not be as fast paced as other times throughout the year. Mm-hmm. When you've got some downtime, then you spend time with your family. When it's time to be on go, then it's like, hey, we got to go get the money. You guys want to go do this? You want that? You need this? You need that? You know, shoot, we got to hustle and make it happen. Gotcha. You got three kids, right? I got seven children via marriage. (laughs) Three of my own and my wife has four. That's Brady Bunch plus one, man. (laughs) 
man, I'm catching up to him. <laughs> I think you right, might have over, almost overtook me. Yeah, almost. I have. I'm about to get married, and she have five. I have one, so that'd be six. Damn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you call me, I'm just thinking like that's that between both y'all. That's twelve kids, man. That's like right. that's a lot of kids. That's like y'all competing with Bob Marley, man. Hey, you know, the bigger the family, the more money you got to make. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I guess in the sense of what you said earlier, you know, you're trying to build a legacy, so you have somebody to pass it on to and kind of educate and pass the torch. So I mean, I could definitely applaud that. That's the, I'm still I'm still kind of thinking about these twelve kids. It's like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, bar, you can't invite nobody. <laughs> nobody could come to your house if you have a twelve people, twelve kids plus the adults. Come on now, I mean, it's the barbecue is just your company, just the executive board only. That's it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, what words of wisdom would you guys leave behind for up and coming entrepreneurs following your footsteps? First thing I would say to anybody that's got a dream is be a dream chaser. If you've got something that you honestly are passionate about, then go do it. Don't let family, friends, anybody distract you from what it is that you want to achieve or even discourage you from what you have in your mind that you want to do and what you want to achieve. Yeah. And my thing is, if any word of wisdom will be believing you. Because a lot of times you, you start doubting you, yourself. So you need to believe in yourself that you can get the job done, that you can achieve what you're trying to get to. Set yourself up with a vision board. One thing I have started doing, even going into this year, I set a vision board up that I want to be able to see what I'm going to attain this year. Not just five years out, 20 years from now. I got things in line that I want to accomplish this year. And that should have bigger goals. And each year, just keep adding on to that vision board. Because by year five, I want to be able to buy me a boat, a, a yacht. Not just a boat, a yacht. <laughs> I'm working towards that. You got the feet now? I mean, how many? Yeah, how I'm going to get like 10 okay. feet, not 10, 15 feet. You know? Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what's the difference between a 4.0 and a 6.0? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's the same thing with yachts, right? You know, yeah, you add on three feet, it's like 40 grand. So. Absolutely. So I'm trying to get to that lot, yacht, that yacht level in five years. So right now, this year, I want to buy a little 10-foot boat. Okay. okay. About year five, I want to be able to say, yo, Jay, we're taking a company trip on a yacht. Let's go. That's definitely fair enough. What kind of tools do you guys use in your company that you would not be able to run your company without? Dollies. (laughs) (laughs) Dollies. That's the one thing. We can probably get away with them. It's one thing that we use more than anything is dollies. We have their moves without trucks. We have their moves without a drill. Mm -hmm. But the one thing we use all the time is a dolly. In the moving business, equipment is the name of the game. As long as you have the right equipment, then you make it happen. You And that's another thing in the moving business that kind of surprises people as well, is they'll look at a piece of furniture, a piece of equipment that they need to move. They don't have any clue how they're going to make it happen. We come in with the right equipment. We make it happen for them. And we've just solved a problem. That you, they oh, yeah. I mean, an appliance dolly is a big difference than a regular dolly for sure. I mean, you guys ever thought about probably creating your own equipment, like getting patents and building out stuff? Uh, I think Jahan misses something of the sort that he's looking at something. But me, I never thought of it because most of everything is simple these days. And like the dolly is the most ingenious thing they could have came up with yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I tell you, it makes things go. A lot of time when clients see us come out with our guys, 
we put everything on equipment and it get done so fast. We're like, oh my God, can y'all slow down a little bit? Because I didn't realize you're going to get this area cleared so fast. Because if you got the right equipment, the right body, the manpower, everything go fast. So. Huh. Got it. So where can people find you guys? I mean, you guys on Facebook, Instagram, email. I mean, you guys giving out sperm samples as well, too. <laughs> well, yeah, we're in the process of rebranding. So, you know, the social media presence is still under construction because of that rebrand. We do have our website up and running. We still got to do some more tweaks to that. But again, right now. Right now, you can find us at www. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you can find us at US www.umsmovers.com. There you go. I mean, you guys are moving because you guys got like a phone number? Yes. You can call us on our main office number, which is 404-996-2809. But if you just want to speak to someone directly, because typically you might get the voicemail, you can call me directly at 404-647-3730. And Jahan, you can reach me the same way. Matter of fact, our email address is antonio.brown at umsmovers.com. And mine is Jahan, that's J-E-H-A-N dot span, S-P-A-N-N at umsmovers.com. Yeah, so I got a bonus question for you guys, right? If you could be a superhero, who would it be and why? I'll be Superman. Why? Why? Because in the movie industry, stuff is heavy. <laughs> And Superman is like the strongest person in the world, so I will be him. And then also, and then he's able to fly. So I, if I got to carry something upstairs, I'll fly it upstairs. So, you know, that's who I'll be. You know. He loves moving stuff. Hey, you know, <laughs> I just had to think about it because think about it. Superman would start a moving company. Man, he'd make all the money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a one-man moving company. He would never need to hire nobody. But the problem is the scalability is one man, right? So. Yeah. He's not going to be able to move everybody at the same time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> John? I'd be the Black Panther because you see when that movie came out, how it just made black people as a whole just have something to believe in and something to grasp on. You know, we're young black entrepreneurs and we're one of the few black owned commercial moving companies in Atlanta. So, We've had guys who've actually come and work with us and have said, hey, one day I want to own my own company. I'd like to be inspiration for people. And uh, that's what I think that the Black Panther was for the black community. And that's what I'd like to be for our people, too. To his credit, he had time to think about giving yeah, that, that answer. So, I mean, it was. I had it on the top of my head already. <laughs> nah. Antonio just jumped in. Yeah, he was he just like. Be Superman because he want to fly. I tatted yeah. him on. I can't help it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But also, just a credit to something he said as well, back to a question he asked us before, what makes us different? Mm -hmm. By us being a minority-owned, black-owned company, we take a lot of guys who a lot of people wouldn't give a chance to work, and we put them to work, and we trust them. And some of them guys have been some of the best employees you could ever find. On top of that, we have a mentorship that we mentor the young. We got one young man, if you see (laughs) his background, you see him the way... Even the way he does speak, it was just crazy. But as he's been hanging with us and working with us for so many years, he's starting to change the way he speaks. He's in college. He's trying to get himself together. Because I told him, I said, man, I'd love to make you someone, an executive in the company. So he's in college now. Huh. So that's one thing. We try to empower our, our people to don't just be a mover. Because we tell everybody, it's, man, we're a growing company. You can have a different job within the company. You don't have to go out and try to find something else. You can just stay here and just take on more responsibilities with the company and get paid more money. So, hmm. 
Yeah. We give our young people who've had some shady backgrounds and some incidents in their past, we give them a chance. And it's not about the tax credits. It's about the love of our people. Yeah, that's it. That's definitely a solid philosophy. And I think just in general in community places, if business owners had that mentality to kind of uplift and bring in inner city youth, for example, and kind of give them a different direction, give them a new opportunity, and they can change things globally. Absolutely. And that's one thing me and him always talks about. Like, a lot of people ask us, man, why do you take your employees out? Because we do that a lot. We take them out, have a good time, show them the upscale of life so they can see there's more to life than where you're at. There's more to life than sitting on a stoop in the hood. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you can go out and have a good time. And believe me, me and Jahan, it's not the, we didn't come from a rich family. We grew up scrapping like everybody else. But we just applied ourselves, and this is all we want you all to do. Apply yourself, you can have the same lifestyle. So when we take our guys out, that motivates them like, man, boss, okay, let's get this. And they start well, show them something them. different and yeah. also show them appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the essence of business is your employee. And it doesn't matter what it is that you do. There's few people in this world who can say, hey, I'm self-made and I only have relied on me the whole way. You always need other people behind you. And at the essence of our business is the employees. So, you know, we give them a paycheck, but we also want to let them know, hey, when we go out and we make good money and we do a great job, we want to show you appreciation for you being the backbone of our company. So I think you guys essentially subbed out for the Dolly for really your team. Yeah. I mean, more than anything else, I mean, you got a physical thing that that's, you know, 100 percent reliable. But it seems like you guys are not going to be able to do anything without the guys that you have backing you up. You need people. Absolutely. You need people in the moving industry. Definitely. People are your greatest assets. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you don't treat your employees right, they will not work hard for you. And our guys, I have to say, they work extremely hard. It's times they have put in 15, 16, 17-hour days. And they only do it because they're like, boss, y'all treat us right, we're going to get the job done for you. And that's why we reward them and take them out and encourage them to do better because of the fact that what they do for us. Now, we don't make them work them hours without us working it. We stay there as well. I would never tell a man to work 17 hours if I'm not willing to do it myself. Hmm. So... But they are willing. And then they like get the big checks. They're like, well, well, I put in 50 hours this week, boss. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys are really hands-on with your current team, but you're talking about growing possibly national. Are you guys thinking about possibly growing to international as well, too? I think international is an attainable goal. You know, there's a number of international moving companies, you know. Well, you talk about more so the relocation, can. right? The relocation side, it makes it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's the relocation yeah. side, Absolutely. I mean, a lot of times you'll have an executive and his family are moving from, to say, somewhere in Europe mm-hmm. to California. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are planning on moving into that space. So how are you going to be able to bridge that gap of the bond that you have with your team hands-on when you're going to have teams globally that you're not going to be able to be as hands-on with? Well, part of that in the moving industry is the van line concept. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of two schools of thought in the moving industry is some companies have their own van lines. Some companies subcontract with other van lines. And if you have your own van line, then the challenge would be to make sure that the culture that you have in the main location Mm -hmm. extends to all of your other outside locations that are around the country. 
Now, if you subcontract with another van line, then your challenge is that you find a company who has a culture that's similar to yours and is going to treat their people the same way in a similar manner, the way that you treat your people. I can definitely see why you guys partner. I mean, you guys have a split in the personality. I mean, it's like you're more of a systematic operation guy and you're more of a strategy emotional guy and the blend between the two just makes a cohesive system. Absolutely. It's good stuff, man. Well, that'll conclude the show, man. I definitely appreciate you guys coming out. You definitely dropped some some really insightful things for our viewers, and I look forward to see what you guys are going to do and, and move into the, the international space. Uh, well, thank we, you for having us. We appreciate you having us on. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Cage. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to become an Uncaged Trailblazer. If this podcast helped you, please email me about it. Submit additional questions you would love to hear me ask our guests and or drop me your thoughts at asksagrant.com. Post comments, share, hit subscribe, and remember, to become a boss on Cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful book, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.sagrant.com slash boss uncaged.